folks, and welcome to Dial A Myth, Episode 0. What are we doing here? In this introductory episode, I'm going to start by explaining three things. One, the idea behind this podcast. Two, my plans on how to approach the topic. And three, some housekeeping matters. This is my first podcast, so this is likely to be as much of a learning experience for me as it is for you. I'm very open to feedback, comments, suggestions, episode ideas or recommendations, loud cursing, anything like that from listeners. I hope that you'll find some of these topics as engaging as I do, and I hope to deliver an amusing and interesting product to you. Dial a Myth is a podcast that will explore myths, unusual beliefs, and weird history from the perspective of an obsessive amateur to figure out exactly why they fascinate us and why they matter. I think the best way of exploring what exactly that quote-unquote elevator pitch explanation means is by breaking down its components. Okay, great. So what does that mean? What will we explore, and why should you care? First, we will explore myths. Duh. What is a myth? There are a few things that come to mind, although this isn't intended to be an exhaustive definition. The most obvious answer, myths are wild stories about deities or heroic figures like the Twelve Labors of Hercules, Odin, Loki, Cuchulain, Ectomi, whoever. These are broad cultural narratives that perform a variety of functions, but we'll set that aside for now. We also use the term myth to describe common misconceptions that people have about the world. For example, some people think that MSG gives them headaches, even though there's no evidence for that belief. There are a host of bizarre medical practices that people believe in for no obvious reason. And we frequently create myths that make no sense outside of their zeitgeist to explain social phenomena, like the satanic panic. So let's step back for a second. Those are two apparently very different meanings that are wrapped up in the same word. How do we reconcile those two meanings? What do myths of the first type have in common with myths of the second type? Well, very generally, I think one way to explain myths is that they are stories that people make up to explain why the world and its parts are the way that they are, including stories that justify certain conduct or encourage us to engage in that conduct. Often, these myths only make sense in a certain context. Thus, some of the explanatory power of historical myths whether in terms of explaining how the world works or how we should act in light of how the world works, gets lost in translation and we have to tease it out. This is just my opinion, but I think that's why we use the word myth to describe both myths of the first type and the second type, even though they seem to be very different. While I generally happen to like my own opinion, I think there's another way of thinking about myths that's much more useful. Roland Barthes, a French literary and social critic, wrote extensively about the idea of myth. In part, Barthes thought that myth was a special kind of speech. Specifically, he referred to myth as a meta-language, or a language about language. That is to say that myths, 
are a special type of language we use to talk about the regular day-to-day language that we use. Barths thought about how myths were hidden in mundane things. This gets pretty entertaining. For example, Barths analyzed myths found in topics as diverse as boxing, advertisements for pasta sauce, movies, propaganda, and striptease. Yeah, seriously, striptease. There is an essay in Mythologies that talks about the uh, symbolism and myth of the G-string, for example. It's a great read. I seriously recommend you read it. Uh, Stepping back for a second. Although Barth's thought evolved through his life and writings, I'm going to compress lots of stuff together and, frankly, bastardize Barth's in a lot of ways here. So, for anybody who really loves Barth's, I'm sorry... Please don't holler at me too loudly. I tried. Theorists before Barth spent lots of time thinking about what signs were and what they were made up of. In general, they broke signs into two components. The signifier. That's the word we use to describe the underlying thing. For example, we could think about the word glasses, dog, cat, tree, baby, podcast, you name it. Then there's the signifier. That's the thing that we're describing with the actual word. So here we're thinking about, you know, the actual glasses I'm wearing on my head, a dog, a cat, a tree, a baby, whatever it was we were talking about earlier, the actual underlying thing that we're talking about when we use the signifier. And finally, you've got the sign. The sign is just the signifier and the signified put together. Barth's thought that myths were ways of repurposing a sign, one of these pairs of signifiers and signifieds, to use it as a signifier for something else. So let's talk through a couple of straightforward examples. We frequently use the sign of a dog to refer to loyalty, devotion, or other similar traits. Uh, Similarly, we use the sign of glasses to refer to people who are nerdy, bookish, intelligent, all that good stuff. And finally, we use the sign of babies frequently to refer to innocence, purity, and stuff like that. So, these examples are really basic and don't do the theory justice. Barthes analyzed complex social phenomena using the framework of myth he developed in mythologies. One of the important things about Barthes' ideas about myths is that he thought myths take an idea that a person has and make it seem like it's a natural as opposed to a man-made, constructed, or arbitrary kind of thing. For example, going back to talking about how dogs can be used to signify loyalty, Barthes might talk about how that makes us take as a given that dogs are loyal, without thinking about why that is. So, bringing this whole sort of discussion of what myths are back to the beginning, there are a few ways we can think about myths. We can think about ancient myths. We can think about myths as misconceptions in the way that we think. We can think about myths as explanatory tools. And we can think about myths in the Bardsian mode of thinking. So, when I talk about exploring myth, I'm thinking about one of these four admittedly very broad ways of characterizing myth. In particular, I happen to think the third and fourth ways are very useful. The other two items I mentioned, unusual beliefs and weird history, I think are a little more self-explanatory. My goal in including these is that they will act as kind of a catch-all for things that reflect the spirit of what I'm trying to go for in this podcast, but don't strictly fall under one of the ways of thinking about myths that we've already talked about. So, 
With that framework in mind, let's put this in the most concise way we can. People believe lots of interesting, unusual things, and the goal of this podcast is to dissect some of those things. So, we've got that piece down. On to the next question. Why do we care? I think there are a couple of reasons here. First and foremost, myths are entertaining. It's fun to explore beliefs that either look crazy at first, but might be less crazy than they appear, or look crazy at first and turn out to be way more crazy than they appear. Second, understanding myths helps us understand why people act the way they do, especially when their conduct would otherwise seem strange to us. Even when their underlying beliefs are still inexplicable to us, they often form a system that is at least coherent, at least holds together within its own little world. Learning that system allows us to work through these strange thoughts and actions, make sense of apparently inexplicable behavior, and make sense of the world around us. Third, understanding myths helps us understand the way we think. Our thought processes rely on many different heuristics, that is, finding tools, that help us take mental shortcuts. These shortcuts are oftentimes helpful. Frankly, we rely on them in our day-to-day thought, and we couldn't survive without them. But sometimes they can lead us to strange conclusions. I believe that the process of making myths, especially in the Bardsian sense, and the heuristics we use in day-to-day thought are closely related. With that discussion of what we're going to talk about and why it matters in mind, let's talk about how I'm going to go about developing the material for the podcast. Earlier, I referred to pursuing this stuff from the perspective of an obsessive amateur. Although I do like to flatter myself by calling myself an obsessive amateur, I actually think breaking this down will help illustrate the approach I'm going for here in a meaningful way. First, let's talk about what I mean when I say amateur. Specifically, I mean that I'm going to approach the topics without trying to pretend to be a professional in any one given discipline. This is not only because I'm not, in fact, a professional in any discipline that's relevant to most of these materials, although that's a pretty good reason. It's also because I think a more free-form approach will be more entertaining and more useful in terms of breaking this kind of stuff down. And I think limiting what we're doing here to one methodological approach will leave out some interesting and useful perspectives. Second, let's talk about what I mean when I say obsessive. Most of the topics I've brainstormed so far are topics that I've been fascinated with in the past. Likewise, in the future, I intend to pick similar topics that inspire obsessive analysis. Of course, as time goes on, I will hopefully ask for input from you all on what we should explore. I also am saying something, admittedly pretty vague, about my methodology when I talk about being obsessive. Right now, I'm doing the research for an episode on cargo cults, which will be my first full episode. The method I'm using for that, which I think is broadly reflective of what I will do for other episodes, goes something like this. 1. Find an interesting topic and do some initial suitability research. 2. Develop a framework for understanding the topic. This is, if you will, a schema, sort of tool for hanging things on. You get what I'm saying here. 3. Dig into everything I can get my hands on, revise that framework, and flesh it out. 4. Draft a paper or a script breaking down the topic. And five, edit and record. To emphasize my earlier point, I won't approach a topic from any particular methodological background. 
Also, I intend to be pretty flexible in my approach, so I'll likely make tweaks as I move on and improve the process. Alright, that's kind of an overview of how I'm going to go about this. So last, let's talk housekeeping. While I'm recording these first couple episodes, I'm not going to stick to a given release schedule. Given the amount of time I anticipate this taking, especially in the research phase, I hope to settle into a bi-weekly or monthly schedule once I get the kinks worked out. My lovely wife and I are going to set up a Facebook page where I will post updates, polls, quotes, links to interesting things I come across, and other stuff like that. Since my wife is also much more capable than I am with social media, she may also create other accounts on other platforms that do similar things. My father-in-law, Jim Miller, will also be helping with music and editing. Based on the number of times I've screwed up while recording this introductory episode, I suspect I won't be able to thank him enough for how, uh, how much work he's doing on this front. I suspect, uh, in addition to saving my sanity, th- that it'll make everything that you're listening to uh, that much more tolerable. Finally, I'm hoping for lots of input from you. This is a project that, in part, allows me to indulge some of my worst habits in terms of diving deep into random topics. But the main goal here, as I've said, is to come up with an engaging, interesting product. To the extent that you have insight on how I can do that, I look forward to hearing it. As I suggested earlier, the first full episode will be on cargo cults. I have a pretty serious stack of literature on the subject that I'm continuing to work my way through, but I hope to have an initial recording put together within the next couple of weeks. Until then, as I said before, I'll post interesting stuff for you to take a look at. I hope you'll join me in a couple of weeks for our first full episode of Dial a Myth. I promise it'll be wild. (laughs) 